Hi everybody, it's Greg Friel here at The Friel Thing and this is a, a brand new episode of the podcast that um, was actually recorded some months ago and I've kind of been trying to work out how I'm going to present this to you because it was one of these situations where we had unusually lots of technical issues due to the fact that the building where the studio is in overcast almost thinking about it sunny Monday in Glasgow and for the viewers at home viewers listeners at home where are you I'm in Western Supermare and the sun is shining beautifully I know how much you like me to mention that it's gorgeous here I hate you so much right now <laughs> so how, how's your weekend been we, we had a, a brief chat on uh, was, it, was it Friday or was it, it was Friday morning yes um, it was Friday yeah since then I have um, I was not so, expecting um, you to say that. <laughs> I'm aching beautifully. Um, I can have a bit of feeling that I can think of it still, so I'm going to get a little bit today. But apart from that, grand, I feel really satisfied. It's a good ache. Uh, yeah, you do kind of have that feeling of satisfaction that you've done something. Certainly when I do that, I, I feel vaguely manly, and my wife is going to look well done. I'm feeling very manly, actually. Yes, well, there you go. Obviously, that's what you want to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we found each other on, on LinkedIn, and, uh, and you dropped me a message um, just, to, just to connect, because we have um, a lot of similar interests. And I thought, oh, she sounds like a really, really interesting person to, to chat to on my podcast. Uh, and here we are, uh, literally, effectively, one business day later. That's very true, yeah. Yes. We so, don't hang around. No, exactly. Let's just get it done. Uh, so tell me a little bit about Blue Monkey Coaching uh, and, and what it is that you're doing now. And then we'll kind of, we'll jump back into your history of uh, and, how, and how you got there. But uh, explain, for, first of all, explain what the hell Blue Monkey Coaching is. Cool, isn't it? If you see my logo, it's beautiful. I'm so proud of it. I have a wonderful logo designer. So it comes from um, uh, a story. So I, all of my coaching is in stories because I believe that when you tell people things, if they're up in their head and feeling stressed or anxious, quite often they will forget what you've told them. But if you tell them a story, they can remember it. And the blue monkey is a story. So Greg, I want you to picture a blue monkey in your mind. 
Okay. And everybody listening, picture a blue monkey. And now, don't picture a blue monkey. Make that picture go away. So no matter how much I men- mention a blue monkey, a blue monkey on a tightrope, a blue monkey juggling bananas, wearing a tutu, that blue monkey has gone from your mind and you're not picturing a blue monkey now, are you, Greg? All I am picturing for the rest of the day and possibly until the end of time is a blue monkey. Yes, exactly. It's very powerful because you can't make it go away because your mind doesn't distinguish between picture a blue monkey and don't picture a blue monkey. It picks up on the keywords, which are blue monkey. So that springs to your mind. But you can still get on with your day. That picture will come back into your mind um, and you'll still manage to eat your lunch, to do your work, to enjoy your evening, even with the blue monkey on your shoulder. But people don't do that when it comes to stressful thinking, anxious thinking, unhappy thinking. They focus on it and they give it significance and control of their day. So I teach people to see that all of those thoughts, they're like the blue monkey. You can get on with your day and they can sit there in the back of your mind. So this is different from, say, um mindfulness where you're ha- you, where you're focusing on your breath and you know and you're focusing on a specific thing to to bring about you know calm um you're in, instead it's it's would you say it was a distraction technique um i would say that mindfulness is a distraction technique so meditation things like that take you out of your current day and allow you to experience the calm So you can meditate for 10, 15 minutes and feel wonderfully calm. And then you go back to your day and all of your thinking comes back. Whereas the approach I use is you learn to pay less attention to what we call negative thoughts. They're just thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay any attention, like the tide, they will just ebb and flow and you can get on with your day. Right. So where did this this whole kind of idea, where where did this originate in the first place as a concept? The style of coaching? Yeah. Um, it's called um, Three Principles. It comes from uh, somebody called Sidney Banks, who is no longer with us, who was, I think, a, a, a minor. Um, and he had uh, a, a, this this a wonderful moment, like an insight into how the mind works, that mm-hmm. we are focusing mm-hmm. too much on trying to stop negative thoughts. And his way of thinking is, well, why are they negative? They're only negative because we fuel them and we give them power and we we treat them as negative thoughts, whereas actually they're just thoughts. So it's all about understanding how your mind works and really, I suppose, taking yourself, your thoughts, less seriously. Yeah, because um, we all tend to take ourselves somewhat seriously in this day and age. Absolutely. And it's not about not taking life seriously. So I'm very serious about helping my clients. Yeah. But I am yeah. I'm not serious about my thoughts. Um if, if I'm in a bad mood, if I wake up and I'm in a bad mood. So for example, I wake up in a bad mood and I don't now go, Why am I in a bad mood? What's wrong with me? What's so terrible about my life? Because as soon as I try and find why I'm in a bad mood, my brain does that wonderful thing of coming up with different ideas. Well, my husband was snoring. The sun isn't shining just for once today. Mm-hmm. Or I haven't got enough money in my bank account. And then I give it credibility and I give it value in my life. Whereas I wake up and say, I'm in a bad mood. It's the way my mind is at the moment. I get on with my day and my mood will change because I'm not fueling it, giving it power. I'm not giving those bad negative thoughts, as we call them. Mm. The, the power to take mm. hold and this is the whole thing is that power of um 
you know, giving it um, an actionable thought. You know, it's 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 whenever we actually fuel it with that energy that it gives it meaning, and then all of a sudden, then it becomes the dominant force in our day. It's yeah, it's perceptual reality. Then we create a reality of of how we are being, and even sometimes not just how we are being, but who we actually are. It can define us. Yeah, and take over. So. Where is your background here? I mean, is, is this? Uh, do you have a background in psychology? I know, I know you 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 were uh, you were a teacher beforehand, but is there some kind of psychological yeah. element there as well? Um, no, not as such. I did try doing a psychology A level, but um, I sucked at it. I just okay. when I was beyond the studying point at that point. Um, it was really interesting, but I just couldn't get the assignments done. Um, my background is in education, and I think anyone that works in education gets uh, great into, insight into how the mind works because children don't come with baggage. Children don't come with the conditioning that we, we layer onto them. So they're really forgiving, open, transparent, and that gripped me. That two, two, So two children can be absolute best friends, go out and play, come back in, miss, he said this, he said that, and they're worst enemies, and they come and tell tales on each other. 30 seconds later, they're sat playing together because they've not held a grudge, they've not held on to that unhappy thinking, they've just let it go, and they enjoy being in the moment. We can learn a massive amount from children. I was I was just going to say, is this, um, does that kind of inform your your work now and that you're thinking, you're you're trying to get people Presumably, whenever you're dealing with clients, that you're trying to almost get them back to that childlike simplicity and actually forget all of this other stuff and and kind of look in the world, look at the world in in that more childlike kind of way. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I've never looked at it like that, but um, yeah, I think so because it's it's about looking at where we are now, which is what children do. Yeah, and not yeah. holding on to the stories that we create about ourselves, about who we are. Um, and, and the limiting beliefs. Children do not have limiting beliefs. You ask four-year-olds, who's great at drawing? And they all go, me, 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 me. Um, and you look at their drawings and think, and you know, I, I learned very quickly, instead of saying, that's a lovely picture of a cow, it's not a cow, it's an elephant. Mm -hmm. I'd say, so tell me about this, because their mind is so clear on what they've drawn, they can't see that there's anything wrong with it because it's what they wanted to create. And it's yeah. beautiful, yeah. that simplicity is just gorgeous. But by the time they get to about 10 or 11, we've already started to impact on them. So if you ask four-year-olds who's, who's great at, at drawing, for example, they all put their hands up. If you ask 11-year-old, they will all point and say, Tom, Tom's the best one. And Tom will sit there and go, yeah, but I'm no good at PE because he has to justify why he's good at one thing. Already we've moved them towards not just seeing how good they are, but it's a comparison. And we spend our lives then comparing ourselves unfavorably to others and seeing what perfection should be. Is that word should, what we should be like, how we should be. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's that's the thing is that we're, we're kind of, always looking back to that certainly certainly me myself I'm looking back to that simpler time when I wasn't judge, judging myself so harshly uh, mm -hmm. I, I was just talking to somebody earlier on and we were talking about how um, we have that you know those superpowers whenever we're young um, and of course we're completely you know 
indestructible and can achieve absolutely anything. And then as we trudge on through life and all of these limiting beliefs become a, a part of our existence, um, just from just from existing, it, be, it becomes this, this thing that drags us down and, and kind of strips away uh, that superpower, the superpower of youth. Um, and, uh, you know, as me, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a middle-aged guy now. Um, you're kind of constantly questioning everything. Um, yes, and, and I we think- do. We compare ourselves constantly to others, and it's about I'm not as good as you at this, or mm-hmm. I'm not as good as them at that. And it, my mother-in-law once um, said the most wonderful um, phrase that she came up with, and she said, I, "I saw this and thought of you." Um, which it's nice that she thinks good things of me and it's never make the mistake never make the mistake of comparing the inside of your life with the outside of others and that is key to being happy because you will look at somebody who has it all they're really successful they look smart you don't know what's going on inside you don't know the story in their minds um, and a, a good example of that is if, if you said to me, I'm coming around to visit you, I guarantee you when you arrive that the place will be vacuumed, the bathrooms will be cleaned, my dining room table will look like a dining room table, and I will look vaguely presentable. And you could be mistaken for thinking that, you know, I've really got my shit together, that I'm so good at this, I can manage a family with children and animals, I can run a business, I can manage the home. Whereas if you just turned up, well, now, for example, uh, it's a good job we've not got the video on on this one. Um, you would see me looking less than perfect. My dining room table currently has bits of Lego, washing, post, and anything else that needs to go upstairs sometime. And the dog's already brought a stick in and chewed it, so my living room floor is now covered in bits of stick. That's mm-hmm. my inside that's the real me but we always put on a mask of how we want people to see and it's not pretense it's just i like you to see the best of me it's like then you assume that that's what i'm always like yeah it's 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 like um people people do get kind of hung up on the, the social media thing and kind of demonize social media these days but um at the end of the day when you go on somebody's instagram it's like the highlight reel of their life so it's you know that's not actually their life it's you know it's mm. the filtered version of their life that they're prepared to to showcase to the world um, and the problem is is that there are you know an awful lot of kids who are looking at the, these filtered versions of other people's lives and thinking that's reality yeah absolutely i i work with um teenagers because my background is in education um, I was a primary school deputy head teacher, and so when I first started coaching, it made sense for me to coach children. Yeah. So I still do some of that, yeah. and I'm currently working with a 13-year-old. And when I asked her last Friday afternoon, "Tell me, tell me what you perceive is wrong with you," and she said, "I'm fat. Um, I'm not pretty enough. I'm too tall for my age." And when I asked her, you know, compared to what, and she went, "I should look like." Sorry can, sorry, can you just say that? such a dangerous word. Sorry, we just had a wee break in the Are we breaking moment. up? I just a wee, wee break there, sorry. Um, can you just, uh, it was just that. Oh, you turned into a robot then. I'll say that bit again, yeah. yeah. So, yes, she, she was talking about what she should look like. And when I asked her what the should is, and she said, well, you know, um, like people who, like people on Facebook and on Instagram and, you know, their pictures, I don't look like them. 
And should is such a dangerous word because it's made up. There is no should. Should is comparing yourself to that made up society, that perfect person. And whilst we are perfect, perfect with all our imperfections, there is no absolute model perfect for us to be. So, yeah, we're kind of we're aiming for something that's impossible, which will always leave you feeling short. Um, yeah. Um, I th and I think that's yeah. the problem. As I was saying, people do tend to demonize social media for that. But um, as somebody who works in social media as well with all of the multiple other things that I do, um, I f I would say that, you know, it's too uh, that's too easy to, to say that um, it's social media reflects our lives rather than just influences it. But um, I think the, the positives outweigh the negatives as well. I mean, I know there's loads of kids who are who find support through um you know there's support groups online and and that side of things so it's 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 a it's certainly not a cut and dried simple um this is good and this is bad no it's it's just opening our eyes to the fact that you will only ever see the shiny glossy picture that when somebody posts up their selfie uh, and i've seen people do this they'll sit there and take a dozen photographs and pick the one where they look the most beautiful in it. Uh, you know, I, I've now learned I'll take a photograph and if I'm putting that on Facebook, it goes up. And if I go, oh, my hair doesn't look good there. So what? That's just me. Um, you, you don't know me um, very well at all, Sam, but I'm one of the people who makes sure that my hair is ridiculously uh, immaculate. I'll probably wear shades because I haven't got enough sleep the night before. I'm insanely vain. Are you happy with who you are, though? Um, yes. I mean, I, I, although um, I was talking with my wife last uh, last night, um, she would love me to naturally accept the aging process. Um, I've got a little grey hair on on the sides, just like a little bit. Um, and but I've always been blonde highlights, and because I work in you know in the music industry, I've always been kind of like it's you know it's the norm to be a bit more um a bit more of a show off and, and the way you, you look isn't exactly kind of such a it, it's not like you're you're being ostentatious by having highlighted hair and wearing strange clothes um mm -hmm. but my wife is kind of like you know you're 48 you might <laughs> want to just kind of accept the fact that you are getting old i said i have no problem whenever my hair goes gray and I'm gray, but I'm kind of at that in-between stage. So I'm kind of, yeah. I'm not quite ready to let the blonde go. So she was of course laughing in my face for being so ridiculously vain. Um, but um, it, it, the, in the, a lot of the work that I do, I do make a lot of jokes about my hair. So um, whenever I'm working with choirs, um, we sing a song that is a warm up and that's Greg has really lovely hair. Uh, this kind of thing so it's, it is kind of the butt of a lot of jokes uh, and it's you know I, I tend to find that if I'm the biggest idiot in the room then it tends to give people permission to um, you know <laughs> let their hair down um, and just yeah. be and be themselves you know but um, yeah no I, I'm I'm certainly vain but um, but you know I, I, I don't really have I don't have a problem with the growing old side of things really but it's just I do I just like having blonde hair that's just kind of funky and a bit I, I don't know I think I'd challenge you on whether that or not that's vain 
um, or just that you like having blonde hair and you don't no, want to be grey yet? No, I'm vain. I'm so vain. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, my wife and I were actually watching a program on Carly Simon at the weekend. It was all about the song "You're So Vain." She goes, "Oh, it's your theme song." <laughs> so, um, and I didn't just make that up. That actually happened. Um, no, I, I'm kind of any reflective surface. I will, I will be. Oh, fixing my hair and. You know, stop at the lights, fixing my hair in the rearview mirror. I am that guy. Wow. See, I, I I was kind of struggling with this conversation a minute ago, but because um my I have red hair, um and it's not naturally red. I have a wonderful hairdresser, and last week I had a meeting and I didn't have the opportunity to get to my hairdresser to have it coloured and my what I like to call natural highlights, mm -hmm. which I think at the age of forty-seven are quite normal. Um, were shining through a little more than I wanted them to. So I, I actually went to the, well, it's probably a big mistake, and I did the home hair thing. I dyed my hair Ooh. and the bathroom and my left knee and most of my neck and shoulders too because I don't do it myself normally. Um, and it's it's because I didn't want the grey. Now, I don't see that as vain. It's I don't want it. That's mm -hmm. it. I just don't mm -hmm. want to be great. I love having red hair. I actually, I really love my hair, and I don't think that that's vain to say that. I'm, I'm really proud of it. Uh, I haven't produced it. I mean, I grow it, but mm -hmm. I have a wonderful hairdresser who, who molds it wonderfully. Uh, no, my, my wife has this thing that she's like, you know, people are just going to think you're this sad old guy pretending that he's a young guy, and then you just look like sad. And I totally get yeah, that. Just do what you like. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I do anyway, but um, I was kind of like, yeah, you're probably right, but I don't care. Um, I, I really am like, now nah, I'm going to go get the highlights done again. Um, and they, I can be that sad old guy, but I'll have cool hair. And so you won't be sad. It, well, it, well, exactly. I'll be, I'll be a lot happier. Uh, anyway, we've, we've wandered off into this ridiculous topic. Um, and I've made it. We have, yes. And I've made it all about me. I've made it all about me. You're so vain. I know. Um, anyway, so. so with, come on, focus, Greg. What yes. are we talking about? So with Blue Monkey, um, what what form does that take? Whenever you're whenever you're actually coaching clients, is that like one to ones, or do you do group work? Is it primarily young people, or do you work with adults and businesses, that kind of thing as well? Uh, it's quite varied. I really enjoy the variety. Um, as I said, I do work with, with children and teenagers, um, which I find immensely satisfying um, and not a great money earner at all because they get it so quickly. Because they've got less conditioning, they can let go of it a lot faster. But it's really rewarding because it then sets them up for a future of taking themselves less seriously, not taking things personally, um, not listening to their thoughts um, and thinking it's telling them about who they really are. So that's very rewarding. Um, I do one-to-one -one work. I work a lot with managers, um, so senior managers, leaders, business owners, uh, generally who have teams of people below them, and they still have their limiting beliefs about their ability, which they pass down to others. And so some of them end up um, micromanaging because, well, I couldn't do it when I was your age or or I'm not sure if you'll be able to do this or you've come to me with a problem so I have to solve it to prove my worth. Um, and I also work with organizations in helping them see through the bits that hold their business back. So I'm, I don't call myself a business coach 
I'm more of a leadership enhancement coach because I don't focus on the goals of the business. I focus on the people. And when you get the people thinking more, I don't want to say positively, but in a better way about themselves and the way they can do things, then the business thrives. So I go to organizations and do work as well. Thoroughly enjoy it. It's fabulous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just going to say that, I mean, for me, it's it's very much about people um, and people are the organization. So, um, um, you know, if you have a happy workforce, you know, you, they're going to be doing a hell of a lot better job. And it's just, you know, rather than focusing on the numbers, uh, if you focus on the people, then, it, you know, you're going to get the desired results anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've got there's a company I work with um, in London. One of my favorite places to go, this, this company, really value their staff. And so they bring me in every few months to do what I call a listening post. I go into a room and they book a 30-minute slot to just dump all their problems and experience coaching and see how those problems from home were holding them back in their work. This company are brilliant that they see that it's one person. They can't separate personal from the work that they need to bring that person to work and if they've got something on their mind they're able to share it they're then able to clear their thinking and focus on their work so yeah by focusing by looking at that and looking at the people you do bring the business on without doubt yeah. and, and uh, research yeah. shows that any investment in the people not on their professional development but on the, their personal development looking after their well-being any investment the return on that is over 200 percent which is massive much better than sending them on a course so at this point wi-fi completely died and we had no idea what was going on at this stage and anyway we managed to get it sorted eventually music's nice though um, anyway, so l let's just jump back to um, um, where we where, where we lost the connection was when I was asking you um, about a defining moment in your life. Um, that, oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, um, where something happened um, that changed the course of your destiny. Wow, that sounds really profound. Um, and kind of shaped your future and made you think, oh, well, actually, you know what? Actually, I would really like to give this coaching thing a go. So it, it started when I was a deputy head teacher and a teacher came up to me and asked me a question. And I looked at this teacher and wondered why on earth she was asking me because I held her up there in such great esteem. She was one of those amazing teachers that just had children eating out of her hands. And I couldn't get why she was asking me. And suddenly I thought, it's the badge she's asking. It's the deputy. She's coming to me because I've got the responsibility and maybe out of politeness, I don't know. And so I asked her two questions. What would you like to happen? And what are your ideas? She answered them. I said, great. And off she went. And then she came back and said, what you just did was really empowering she was such a good teacher. She was even teaching me. What you just did was really empowering and you used a coaching approach. You should do coaching. 
and that was the beginning of my coaching journey. I booked myself onto a coaching course and then I started to use it. In my role, I was responsible for teaching and learning, which meant that I supported teachers who were not securely good in their teaching. And so I could then use coaching instead of telling, which was much more powerful. And it helped me to see that I didn't need to know the answers, which is really liberating for a new deputy. I'd never done it before. I didn't know all the answers. And now I didn't even have to pretend to. I could just turn it around and coach the answers out of people because because they've got them. It's very rare that people don't have the answers within them, unless they need a mentor. You know, that's if they're at the beginning of the journey, which is a very different thing. Yeah. So that was my journey into coaching. The bit that got me to stop teaching, to quit my very well-paid job um, and set up my own business and go it alone and live on the breadline for a long time, was that I hit the stress button. Um, I was put back into class full-time because of budget cuts. I watched all the work that I'd done with coaching come undone and unravel, and um, I ended up being signed off with stress. Right. I, I sat at home and looked at, I've got four children, two um, in their 20s, but I've got two young children who at the time were seven and nine. And I suddenly realized I'm, I'm not actually doing the right thing by them. By being out at work for 10 hours a day, I'm not being a mother, I'm just providing for them. Yeah. But I'm not being there for them. So I talked to my husband and, and he said, no, we'd rather have you and your sanity and your presence than your income. My husband's my hero, my best friend, and he he encouraged me to quit. Um, He took me back to my old coach, and when I was talking with my old coach, I suddenly realized that the story I had in my head about being a teacher, a deputy, a head teacher, that was something that fit with me when I was in my early 20s, and that had now evolved because of my experiences and my circumstances. It no longer fit with what I wanted, so... I was then, I, I freed myself up to open the, my eyes to new opportunities. So I quit my job and I set up my own business. Um, and I, I have to say, I haven't looked back. I really haven't. I've found my new passion. Well, I think that's what it's all about. It's, you know, following your passion. I'm, I'm somebody who I've always been self-employed. I've never had a job. Um, 26 years I've been self-employed. Um, as a musician, largely. Um, I do numerous other creative things as well. Um, And it's not always been easy. Um, There's a lot of stress involved with it, but it would be considerably more stressful for me to have to work for somebody else. I couldn't imagine Mm. working for somebody else and actually having to be, you know, it's, it's little things like my wife said the other day, she says, she said, you know what's really nice? She's just recently changed jobs. And she said, you know what's really nice in this new place? I can go and make myself a cup of tea whenever I want. I went, what? I said, you couldn't do that? You know, before? And she goes, no, I've never been able to do that in any job. I was like, really? Okay. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? And and the, the bad thing about this is we accept it. We just uh-huh. accept that that's the way it is. And that's and for me, it was just completely bizarre mm. um, I just I was like really I just that, that's like you're a robot you know not 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 a person um, yeah so no I mean definitely I, I I'm I'm very much follow your passion you know 
and um, to, to quote fame, um, make it happen. Um, so I'm throwing in a really cheesy reference to the movie Fame there. I can't believe I actually just did that. Um, anyway, so Blue Monkey Coaching. How long have you how, how long have you been doing this now? Um, two and uh, two and a big half years. Mm-hmm. To a, sound grown up. A, a big half year, right? Okay. Um, and and what are your plans for it now, for it now? Are, are you are you wanting to? spread into kind of more corporate work or or is it, you know is there anything in particular that you want to do it seems to have evolved that way i'm kind of going i mean i don't want to make it sound like i just go with the flow but i'm going with what happens at the time so i first i started off working very much with uh, just one to one and i am as i said earlier i work with children it has now it seems to have evolved that i'm working more with business owners and business leaders I've worked with a few organizations and I've really enjoyed that. So I think at the moment that's where I'm going. That's I would love to do more work with not large organizations, but kind of medium size, at least you know, 30, 40 employees where the business is growing, but perhaps it stopped and they can't get why. And, and it's often to do with the culture that's been created by the leaders. And I, I enjoy working on creating a more positive thriving and empowering culture um i find that really satisfying watching people grow watching people suddenly come into work feeling happy and excited about what they're doing have you um read a book called turn the ship around no i haven't but i'm writing it down (laughs) turn the ship around by l david marquette and um he his background is in the u.s navy and don't let that put you off. Um, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's a great book on leadership, um, but it's very much about empowering groups of people, empowering the people beneath you rather than the, the top-down approach of we're going to tell you what to do. And especially when it comes to from, from a, um, a military background, you're thinking it's going to be very much barking orders and mm. we're telling you what to do. But instead, his great success uh, throughout his career has been from empowering the people below him and it, it's it, it's a fascinating book and, I, and especially with with what you're talking about with your approach to to coaching i think it very much aligns with a lot of the the kind of methodology that you know that, that you're talking about sounds great i shall get it um okay now i did warn you about this question um <laughs> in advance um you did thank it, you it's just a a minor trifle um, what would you like your legacy to be? So I've done some thinking about this, and quite usefully, somebody said something to me uh, just after our conversation on Friday morning. I was on a call with somebody else, and he said, you have a natural way of just lifting me. I always come away from our conversations feeling lighter, which really warmed my cockles. It made me feel great. And then I was thinking about your question and I thought, well, that's not enough. I don't want people to depend on me for them to feel better. I want people to understand how to do this for themselves. So my legacy is I want to to help people to understand how to make themselves feel lighter, whatever they're going through at the time, because it is possible. Fantastic. Um, Now, see, you're, you're surprising me here because I was waiting for the, I do get a lot of people taking the easy way out 
I think, um, and saying something to the effect of, I just want my kids to think that I was a, like a really great parent, something like that. Um, <laughs> and you can like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've got four children there. It's not going to work, is yeah, it? I'm not no. going to get them all thinking that. Come on, let's be realistic. Exactly. So, <laughs> on, um, I mean, on that point of children, my children, um, I've been coaching them for years and their understanding of how their mind works is just phenomenal. That, that what they have got without bigging myself up, what they have got from learning from my, my understanding means that their limiting beliefs, they, they still get them. You know, when we're all human and, and we experience this humanness of, of self-doubt and negativity, but they overcome it so quickly and that's beautiful. I know they've got that throughout their lives now. Fantastic. Would you, would you have said that um, the key to all of this um, is self-awareness? Completely, absolutely completely. And to take that one step further, it's about being aware of how much we take our thoughts seriously. So when we're feeling angry and we think, why am I feeling angry? And we compound our our feeling. It's about going, I'm feeling angry. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with feeling angry. There's nothing worse than somebody saying, you need to calm down. It's about instead of focusing on why you're angry, focus on the feeling and allow that feeling and embrace it because it's a beautiful signal that you're alive and you're responding to your experience. And it's about being present with that experience, whatever it is. So being aware of where you currently are rather than fighting it to get away from the past or to a pretend future that you have no idea where it's really going to be. Sam, thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I love talking. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Um... (laughs) Thank you very much, Sam. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you'd like more information on what we do at Freelance Music and Media, check us out on at Freelance Music everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Check us out. Bye.